So, you awaken in a dimly lit room. Okay. <laughs> On the wall, you see there's something written, but you can't quite make it out because it's too dark. To your right, there is a lantern. To your left, there is tinder and flint. You see there is an open doorway to the north and to the south. What do you do? Is there an option for press power button? You can look around for a power button. <laughs> Man, how far are we taking this? Do you want us to... In fact, go on then. Go on then. I I'll, hope uh... we didn't plan this out. Like, I hope I... we didn't have to think about it. I have a dungeon I'll chart fight. right here. Oh my fight. god. I used the tinder and the... Whatever the other thing was, and I light the lantern. Alright, um... My my machine here can't parse those complex words, Are so I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to use simple <laughs> verbs like use and pick up. I'm having flashbacks to Maniac Mansion all over again. <laughs> what do you do? Go on then. Use Tinder. With what? Kindling or whatever the other thing was. <laughs> Did you mean flint? Yes. Thank you for translating it. You use the tinder with the flint and spark a light. You now have fire. What do you do? Read the DM. <laughs> the DM burns to death, and you are now lost forever. With the flaming chars of his body, you can just make out the writing on the wall. It says. How long to beat podcast episode whatever the frick this is starring well, I don't remember. starring Kerf Murph who is now dead uh, Ninja Rick Ultimate Zombie Toast and a guest host who shall now introduce himself I mean if I told my name would that be spoiling the fun <laughs> we can you know we can leave it out and you tell us at the end of the episode and then like the whole episode they have to like guess who it is okay <laughs> it's up to you Man. this has gone nah. off the rails already that's the problem is i don't think i can pronounce it without his help though i think we also said your name last episode so <laughs> yeah like like four or five different ways <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But to be fair, it's uh, written that way to be hard to pronounce, so it's less likely that someone picks the name for whatever site I'm using. <laughs> okay, well, do you want to you put the avid fan base of this podcast out of their collective miseries and tell us what it is and how you would pronounce it? So I would pronounce it Ube, just like that, with an H and a J, and, and that's how I formed the name. Okay. I just kept adding letters that didn't make sense. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I mean, it's a successful strategy. Uh, most of the time, the name is available. I mean, I don't think any of us guessed that pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, I was going with Uvehi, but that was wrong. So, I think yeah, I mean, the rest of the podcast—it's supposed okay. not to be read. So. I think if it's okay with you for the rest of the podcast, I'm just going to call you Dave. Dave? Yeah. Honestly, that's... <laughs> is that cool? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. 
All right, Dave. Uh, so, Dave, we're going to go <laughs> ahead and jump right into your interview. Um, we're glad to have you on here. Now we're going to find out way too much about you that nobody ever really wanted to know. But, hey, now they're going to know it, and it's going to be there forever. So, okay. will somebody who prepared their questions ask the first question? No, this is all you, man. Ah, oh, dang it! I thought I could get away with it for a little bit longer. Okay. Uh... And you have to do them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to ask 12 questions in a row all by myself. No, just four. Go on, we're not that cool. <laughs> you have to guess the questions. that They have to be the same as the last episode. Also, you have to remember 12 of them. You've already written down, you're not allowed it. All right, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm on the, really on the spot here. Um, what is your favorite controller from any video game console? And why? Hmm. I usually go for a Xbox 360 controller. It's a classic. I like the, I like the position of the, of the thumbsticks. But... I wouldn't say that's the best one because the D-pad is so bad and the bumpers are also kind of eh, not very good. The triggers are good. So Didn't they like update the design later in the 360's lifetime or something to kind of like make the D-pad better? Well, I mean, I bought mine like a year ago and it's ah. still trash. Yeah. Yeah, not good at all. You're really selling it. <laughs> ah, I mean, it, it's fine. It works. I just plug it in my computer and, and, and it works. Right, that'll be fine. their that'll be their marketing <laughs> quote. It works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Stop question two. <laughs> it's not as bad as the third party brands, no? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh. Logitech controllers are not... No, they're not very good. <laughs> There's like a quadruple negative in there. Yeah. I had have, I have <laughs> an off-brand uh, 360 controller that would blue screen my computer if I moved the cable a bit. Jeez, zowie. So, That's yeah. next level. Yeah. Jesus. I don't know, I don't know what, what was wrong, but I had to just put the cable completely straight and something on top of it so it didn't move at all. <laughs> come on, Kerr, stop stalling. Question two. Hey, come on. Let me off the hook a little bit here, guys. Never. <laughs> you put yourself on the hook. <laughs> oh, shucks. In a bucket of clucks. Um... Whatever this is, stop it and just ask a question. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> Forget about it. Um... I can ask mine if you want. That would be amazing. Hey. <laughs> um, how did you first get into video games? So, I think that uh, my first memories of gaming are either on my grandpa's computer on, or on the family computer. 
and I used to play a lot of uh, Warcraft 2 that my it was my my aunt no my uncle my uncle had a Warcraft 2 and I would just play a lot of that I've never been good with with that kind of game I I lost every time but I I, I enjoyed the building just having the the buildings pop up and my troops move, move around and I got hooked. Uh, I got hooked in the game. It's a good game. Yeah, okay, I'm still trash at it, but a good game. <laughs> so, my question number one: What are your hobbies outside of gaming? So, uh, since late last year, I I got back in. I I got back into reading. Okay. I have dropped reading for, I don't know, some years. I got back into that. And I'm also into music. It's been years since I played with friends, but I try, I try to go to as much as much shows as I, as I can. Mm-hmm. What do you play? I play the like No, I, I play the guitar. Oh, nice. Not, not much nowadays. I mostly listen to music. Mm-hmm. Kirk, your time has run out. I can't stall any longer, I suppose. Nope. What no, if I just straight up stole one of you guys' questions? We would not. Allow it. <laughs> um, just pick a question, and if it's one of ours, we'll tell you. Alright, how about this? Let's do very basic. What is your favorite video game? The fuck? Okay, well, you didn't have your questions in the thing. <laughs> what kind of weak ass question is that, Kirk? Come on, man. Hey, I mean, we're like... It's my question! (laughs) We're like four questions in, and we don't even know what the guy's favorite video game is yet. Yeah, and I'll ask it, so don't worry your pretty little head. Well, thanks for thinking I'm pretty. (laughs) It's fine. Choose a different question. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh... Maybe next time prepare. (laughs) I didn't... I was not prepared to start, like, two hours earlier than usual. I'm so sorry about this, Dave. It's so unprofessional. <laughs> Alright, let's see. I mean, hey, Rick, you're the one who has to edit all this nonsense. Cutting yeah. out all the pauses <laughs> and what. Um... That's if I edit them. Maybe I'll make you squirm in perpetuity. Alright, well, let's do... Still basic, but kind of separate. What is your favorite genre of video games? Um, Probably RPGs. I'm I'm also hard on open world burnout, mm-hmm. but I still like them. Okay. I mean, there there's too many of them, but when one of them is good, I usually spend too much hours on them. So, like, what are your favorite open-world games, then? Um, For example, either Morrowind or Dragon's Dogma. Oh, Dragon's Dogma's so good. Yeah. Is that worth playing now? Yeah, it is, in fact. It's still worth going. Okay. Uh, Also, like, Saints Row, if if the open-world game can... has, like, a very strong character creation... Mm-hmm. I usually enjoy, enjoy that a lot. I mean, if if I have like thirty different hairstyles, uh, 
like a hundred t-shirts or whatever. I usually like that, the character customization and just going around the place. Uh, okay. Um, if you had one choice for a game everyone should play, what would it be and why? That everyone should play. Hmm. Everyone. I mean, my troll answer would be like Dark Souls or something like that. <laughs> it's, wow. I, I don't know, because even even really simple games are not as simple. I mean, if, if I gave my, my mother a gamepad and had to play like a working sim or whatever, she would struggle. So... Yeah, okay. I know what you mean. It's, a, it's kind of hard to pick. I mean, I kind of joke with Dark Souls, but I think that it would be a, a good game for people to try, even if not not complete it or, or go through the whole game, but at least try Experience it for a bit. Yeah. 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 Well, I suppose the question Look, is everyone well, should not. Try, try this, the systems of the game. That I think that it has uh, some cool ideas that, that okay. are good to experience even if you don't really go through the whole length of the game. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, like, what video game character is the most similar to you? And why? I don't know. I would probably pick any, like... Short-haired, uh, boring, first, uh, <laughs> triple A character. <laughs> Damn. I don't know. I mean, I think. I mean, I also kind of joke with that, but I mean, they they pick that trope because it's kind of, kind of like, uh, not not really different from most people. Like, n- no one really thinks. Oh yeah, Nathan Drake. That's that's me. But it's kind of a blanket man that can cover <laughs> most so most people on earth. Yeah. Sorry. They they do it so that you can um like project yourself on it. On yeah, most, yeah. Like, kind, kind of bland and not really not not really that much different for most for most people. It's why they have link not speak ever because uh, yeah. they want people to view themselves as link. Yeah, and the characters that we like are usually so much different from us, and that's why they are interesting. Hmm. Kev, you're halfway there, but you still need to think of two more. <laughs> How about this? What is the balls to the wall weirdest game you've ever played? Okay. Weirdest game? Probably Into the Dark. It's. I mean, I got that game from, I don't know, some indie gala bundle or whatever, and it's it's kind of like a bad B-movie. Hmm. The, the game doesn't run well. It's kind of ugly. It has, like, I don't know, if it's it's a bit of, of a lot of ideas put together and not really making much sense. So you have a lot of horror uh, tropes, uh, Nazi zombies, the whole... Um, sometimes you see, like, weird... Uh, the the videos you can find, the, what, kind of like, logs are kind of weird uh, 50s porn. 
and, okay. and, and you can find old Soviet propaganda and at some point you are outside in a in a village that looks medieval and and it's just part of a previous game that the maker was making and just scrapped it and put at one level in in this other contemporary game it's kind <laughs> of crazy <laughs> I'm trying to find it, and IGN's page on it is blank. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah. it's 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 one of those uh, games that it's it's not. There's no much info about it on the on the internet. I mean, I, I suppose you're saying there's a reason why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and the, yeah, there's a reason why. The <laughs> the ultimate ultimate edition. It's called the Into the Dark Ultimate Trash Edition. What? Oh, so they know what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. This one's. Ooh, it looks weird. You're making me want to actually play this even more. Yeah, that's the oh, weird yeah. thing with bad games. I-, I went through the whole game and I don't regret it at all. <laughs> right, Toast, when you've... Oh! There's the Steam page. Thank you for hooking us up, you guys. <laughs> While I'm looking, Toast, do you want to throw out um, Yes. Um, what's your favorite video game of all time? Which is my question. No, she stole it from me. And mine alone. <laughs> I would say Mount of Blade Warband. It's just, I mean, it's ugly. It's kind of outdated in, in a lot of ways, but it it goes for a mix of of gameplay that no oh. other game does, which is kind of a middle point between a open world RPG and a strategy game like Total War, but just not not a mix of them, a middle point. So you don't do much adventuring, and the strategy is not very complex. Okay, but you can, but you can wander the towns. When there is a battle, you are actually there with your sword and your shield, and you can control your, your units, so you put your archers, whatever, and and you are going around in your horse with your blade. With I mean, you go around in your mount with your blade and, and just slashing people while, while you are doing the, all the strategizing and whatever. Okay. Is that a bit like chivalry then, or...? It, it kind of is. It, it has a multiplayer, and it's there's a lot of people that play chivalry and play mountain blade, and they are in some ways kind of similar. Okay. Yeah, the, the fighting system is is pretty similar. The whole uh, uh, directional attacks, directional blocks, and pretty fun. Hmm. Okay. Next question: If you were stuck on a desert island. What one game would you take with you? So, if I didn't pick Warband, because it's a, it has like total conversion mods, so you could play Warband Lord of the Rings and Warband Game of Thrones. Okay. But if I didn't pick that, I'd probably go with either Civilization or maybe one of the Paradox games. Uh, probably Paradox, have... that's a name I recognize. What do they make? Uh, Crusader Kings, Hearts of Iron. Oh, okay. They're the ones that are like stupidly replayable, aren't they? Yeah, and yeah. and super hard also. 
I mean, I I'm terrible at them, but it's the kind of game that even if you are losing, it's it's kind of fun to. Play. And you'd have a lot of time to learn, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's also true. Right, it's almost over, Kerr. One last question from you. <laughs> Soon I can be put to rest. I am still burning over here. Nobody has like explored out of that dungeon room to find like a bucket of water to you know no, soothe yeah, my pain. Stop All right, stalling. so I'm just gonna continue to uh, be cooked alive over here. Uh, so my question, as I am screaming uh, bloody murder, is uh, what is your favorite soundtrack from a video game? Ooh, good question. Hmm. I'd probably pick Tyrion 2000. It's it's free now. I mean, it, it was the I don't know in which year was Tyrion released, and then Tyrion 2000, I believe, is from the year 2000, and it's it's free on GOG. And the oh. the sound, I, I say that most of the music is really good. The game is solid, and the and the music is great. It's mostly the kind of not not MIDI, but one of those I don't know Atlib or some of those uh, libraries of of music from all computers. What are series that you follow religiously? <coughs> series of uh, games. Yeah, I'd say. Um, well, I tried Monster Hunter, but they kind of went. I mean, they, they are released like in seven different platforms. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> I try to to go through them when I can. Mm, I used to follow Age of Empires, but then they decided to release the remaster on Windows Store, so didn't pick that one either. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have to be a series that you've literally bought every single game of. Yeah, well, but that that I tried at least. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I probably picked those two. Okay. Um, in which case, if we jump into the last question, which is mine, and it's one that I try to ask every time we do an interview, and it is, what is your take on the Israel-Palestine conflict? <laughs> Rick! <laughs> no, I'm... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, it is, what is your favorite book? I probably pick a super obvious answer as a foundation by Asimov. Ooh, shout. I want Which to read is... more of Asimov, to be fair. Sorry, go on. Uh, foundation, the first one, is just great. Like, it's basically sci-fi 101. Mm. And the first, they release a trilogy. A trilogy. Those, those three are great. And then after that, don't don't even bother. Don't even bother. Kind <laughs> of. Yeah, he he went da- downhill like really hard. But the first three, especially the first two, are foundation one and two are are great. And I say that if you want to start with science fiction. Probably the one of the better places. Yeah, Asimov was kind of like the modern father of science fiction, right? Yeah, I mean, probably the most well-known science fiction writer. That it's not at least current. 
Cool. So is that was that the last question? That was the last question. Don't wow. worry. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> Specifically, I made it. Yay! All right. Well, thank you so much for answering all of those questions. Uh, we are happy to now know more about who we are speaking to so that as we tear each other down throughout the course of this podcast, you can be included in some of that. Hooray! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, I believe that it is right about time to discuss the game of the month, which is stories, a path of destinies or something. I, I think that's the subtitle, but I don't remember exactly. I have not played it yet, um... Because I thought I owned the game, turns out I didn't. Uh, I was graciously gifted a Steam code of it by Chronoja. Um, so I will be getting to that in these last few days of the month. So, so great he hasn't bothered to play it yet. <laughs> so I am going to take my burning uh, corpse and just kind of shamble out of the room while these three just have at it and discuss the game and I'll be poking my head in from time to time to maybe ask a question or something so let loose tear into it shove away okay I'll start by saying that the game I mean the title is as generic as the game in some ways yeah yeah really it, it's kind of hard to I mean stories pass off path of destinies it's, it's just even hard to remember which one of the but it's also weird because the story is <clears throat> sort of the only halfway decent thing about it yeah as far as I'm sure. concerned um, it, the only thing that stopped me from doing what I would ordinarily do which is retiring that shit after about half an hour was the fact that I was quite enjoying the sense of discovery and the idea of them sort of choosing which path you took and then doing that again and seeing how the story changed and knowing certain beats and seeing how things went differently. Other than that and the music, which wasn't amazing, but was okay, um, the game was pretty shit, I thought. And I think everyone actually has been quite generous to in the forums. Um, to be fair, it was like, I don't know, my perception on things changed when they're free. And I tend to put things that were free, I tend to give them a little bit more leeway because I can't I mean, nothing's free though, is it? Because it all costs you time. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm being a dick when I say that, but I also genuinely mean it. Like, that that's five or six hours of my life that I can't get back and that I could have spent on a game that I actually wanted to. Well, I mean, it's kind of a short game. You can just go through one path, one hour, and just shelve it and I'm done with the game. And yeah, I believe I, I believe I have like four hours into the game and that's to get the final truth ending. Mm -hmm. Not that much. Huh? Yeah, you did it quicker than me then. Um, it took me <clears throat> twice to six. So yeah, I, I mean, by, by the last path that I took, I was even ignoring the, the chests and just beeline into the exit of the, the levels. Yeah, me too. Jeez, you guys are fast. I I have four hours and I've only encountered like five endings and I wanted to get them all, so... Hmm. I, I only that. did five endings. You only did... Oh, Just okay, so you the, guys the bummed four, to the end. The four, through, 
truths and the and the truth ending. I see. I was going to get all the achievements, so that's going to take a long time. It, I mean, it only took me six runs through to get the full story. I think I I doubled up on one of the ends by accident, and and I think I probably was playing a little bit a little bit more slowly because I ended up actually upgrading all of my swords by the time I'd finished through. Um, mm-hmm. Which I suppose maybe nicely takes us over to the combat, which is the only thing in terms of gameplay that it really has. And it's not good. It's not good, no. I know you were saying it was easy. I think in some ways it makes itself difficult in all the wrong ways. And here's what I mean by that. Um, And I'm going to drag up what I said in the game of the month because I think I summarized it myself quite well there. So what I said there is that it's shallow, which more or less everything you do in terms of attack is on the X button. Um, You can activate a sword ability which does next to nothing even when they're upgraded. You can use your hookshot to pull people close with a different button. I rarely bothered. Um, and you can, depending on which skill tree you go through, use your dash to damage enemies, which I did. But even then, realistically, you're talking about a three-button combat system. More importantly, I think it shoots itself in the foot because everything's tied to that one button. So uh, whereas I would have liked a separate parry button, that's actually... Uh, paired to the attack button plus a direction. And where I would have liked a separate grab button, that's tied to holding the attack button. And what I found is that oftentimes I'd want to grab an enemy, but it wouldn't register as a grab. It would just register as a random slash. And a lot of the times, when I'd go to parry, it would register as an attack. So I found myself losing a lot of combos, and actually in a couple of cases dying, because I hadn't been able to do what I wanted to do, because the controls fail you in the pursuit of simplification. Um, the other thing that annoyed me is the fucking. There are some exploding enemies towards the end of each run through, and oh yeah, they're awful. Well, yes. not only are they awful, but the AI loves to make you hit them again and make them explode on you. The, the yes. point is, you're supposed to hit them and then move out of the way and let them do splash damage to the enemies around you. Which means you have to end your combo. Well, it means you have to be creative with your combo. Yeah. But the game doesn't help you be creative. The what I end up doing was just dashing through them, doing a bit of damage and just forgetting about them. Don't even bother attacking. So just yeah. get near, dash, and get out. And that definitely is a better strategy. The problem sometimes is that they um, obviously move towards you. So mm. what I'd often try and do is attack once, then dash away to another group of enemies. But again, the game loved to make me dash through the exploding enemy and take all the damage on my way through them with that second hit. And again, I, I died actually quite a few times because of uh, that, where I would be sort of on medium health and it would just wipe me out. Or once I was stunned, I'd then get hit by another enemy and that would wipe me out. And that wouldn't be so bad if the game had you know, some platforming or um, something else to redeem it. But really, that's all you do. Uh, there is a skill tree, doesn't really take much care or attention. There is upgrading, it's minimal. It's There are three extra weapons you create and each one of them can be upgraded. And that's all the game has to offer you besides running around really boring environments. Yeah, and, and, the, and the skill tree kind of shoots himself in the foot because, I mean, you start button machine your way through the levels and then mm, there are some enemies with shields and stuff but 
then there is I don't remember if it's an upgrade or a gem or something that makes the the shields break. So yeah. you start put on machine, then they introduce the enemies, and then you get that ability. So you go back to put on machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the game by the end is so easy, like stupid yeah, the, easy. The systems don't really play into each other very well. And um, I do, did either of you. The time skill tree, because I, I'd read on the forums that that sort of broke the game a little bit, so I avoided it. I put all my stuff into um, the dash and the stamina bars. I got everything. Oh, so you've used the? T- How did you find the time slowing skill part of it? It like broke. The, like, well, obviously it broke the game, and I'm fortunate that I got the combat achievements before I got that because they're impossible now. Because they die so quickly. <laughs> oh, so you can't build up enough of a combo. No, yeah, you just I just kill things. Shit. Yeah, and I don't fair. think I, I've ever used the sword abilities either. They kind of just try them, they're shit, never use them again. <laughs> to be fair, the final battle takes a long time, so in the true ending, if you hadn't got the combat achievements, even with the time, I suspect you might be able to grab it there. Um, if I had my time again, I wouldn't go through that. And I don't know, Kurf, if we're particularly making you very excited to play the game. <laughs> Not particularly. Um, <laughs> but I am still interested about the branching stories and stuff. So yeah, Just try a couple paths and drop it or keep on with it. Do you know what, though? Even the writing's a bloody bag. And I liked what you said, Toast, about the narrator, because I think it sort of really hit home on something that I sort of thought but not put a, a pin in, which is the fact that unlike Bastion, which keeps the protagonist silent, and I'm sort of stealing your point here a little bit, and you get to understand the protagonist through what the narrator's telling you. Here, the narrator's wrote pretty poorly. The characters are written pretty poorly. And they all sort of mishmash and conflict and contradict with each other. And it, it just becomes a bit of a mess. And the humour falls flat so much of the time as well. It's really weird because it's, like, um, set in, like, a world that's not our own, but it makes so many references to our own that it doesn't even feel like a real place that could stand on its own. Yeah, it's quite jarring. And, um, like, there's, like, a trope of, like, you know, when you have narrators that you can't really trust and you know sometimes when it's done really good it's nice like i guess the examples of that would be like 1984 like with him as the the main narrator of the, the but like with this you can't really trust what he's saying and it's not because like i don't know it's just it's really weird i don't i don't know how to feel about it I don't think 1984 is a great example because I don't think... No, it wasn't, but I'm sick, so I can't think of anything. Maybe like Catcher in the Rye or something? Yeah, That's an unreliable narrator. In terms of game... (laughs) Her story is probably another good example, although it's maybe a little bit different because the narrator is also basically the only character. That's a good video game-based example, though. Yeah, I, I loved that game. I have so many good things to say about that. I know you don't, I do. <laughs> if I could inject one question here, because that 
thought about the unreliable narrator is interesting to me. Oh, now you have questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is prompted by context. Go on, Kirk, go on. So, uh, is the narrator in stories... Does the narrator in that game basically, like, have a presence? Are they a character within the no. universe, or are they literally no. just narrating? It's a third-person narrator with the main character interjecting and correcting, like, the narrator. And it's really weird. That is weird, yeah. <laughs> and so it makes it, like, I don't know, it's just like, mm, I don't know about this. I think it would be much better, and I would have a much better impression of it, even if the writing was still sort of of the level it was, if the narrator was Renardo looking back on it. And I think that would actually fit better with some of the plot devices anyway. Um, because I, I don't think it spoils too much to say, uh, for those of you that are listening that haven't played it yet, and also for Curve, I suppose, that the, the book sort of serves as a how not to proceed in the current series of events for the protagonist, Renardo. Um, and the, the idea of you replaying the stories to find out truths is sort of pitched as him reading the book and seeing all the ways that his current situation can go wrong um, as a guide sort of how to do things correctly. And I think if, if that was pitched in-game as him reading parts of the book, and then a little bit like Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, the way when you rewind the time or when you die, he'd go, no, 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 it didn't And he's probably another good, unreliable narrator. Yeah, that's, that game is a master class in writing a narrator, honestly. And I think if, they, if Stories was pitched in that regard, with Renardo telling you the story as he saw it and lived through it, I think it would actually elevate the game even if the combat was shit, I think if it was pitched like that, I might say this is worth struggling through or watching a Let's Play just for that element. But it isn't, and I don't. I honestly don't think it's worth playing, even if you got it when it was free. Um, I think as out of respect to Chronodra and out of respect to us for having sat through it, you do, Kurt. But if you're listening and you haven't played it, honestly, don't. Um, I mean, you guys are welcome to disagree with me. That's my... Well, I won't disagree, but I'd say I'd recommend to try it. Okay. Just see it for a bit. If it's free, you got it, you try it. In 10 minutes, you'll, like, you'll know if you like it or not. Because that's the thing, is some people really did like it. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not as bad. I, I don't regret the time I played with it, but I won't be playing it more, so... <laughs> Have you guys read that, uh, it was a Reddit thread from, god, it was probably like four years ago at this point, but, uh, the whole idea of it was that, uh, like the games that you have in your backlog, basically you should sit down instead of trying to like beat them one by one, just like spend an hour in, you know, five of them over the course of a week or something and just in the course of that hour decide if you want to continue or if you think that one you got everything out of it that you wanted or two you just don't see yourself being entertained by it for very long um i think that's a very interesting way to approach your backlog and i've kind of done it a little bit but i haven't really committed to it i mean that that's my approach anyway i haven't read the thread but i'm I'm sort of on record on the forums quite a few times of saying, especially in the past few years, I'm actually quite brutal with my backlog. And no matter how much 
I've spent on a game if I'm not liking it inside that first hour. Unless there's some exceptional reason why I might carry on, uh, as there was with stories, which is, you know, we were going to talk about it here. I will generally drop it and, and drop it quick, which is why I'm sort of approaching 100 retirements um, on the site. More or less one of every five games I play, I drop. So, But yeah, I think it's a good idea. I'd recommend it. It's helped me crack through. Jesus, that was spooky. <laughs> I hope the mics pick that up, because otherwise I have to edit that bit out later. No, I'm pretty sure it did. Sorry. <laughs> That's the sound of my ghost. I have now finished burning. I am oh. dead. I am now a spirit. I am floating back into the room, creaking the it's, door. I've come to haunt of you. Human entering the room and turning on Monster Hunter to play it. If you're a ghost, that sounds like my ghost, though. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you really are a ghost, how are you going to press the stop record button? I guess I won't. Now we're all locked in a loop. This is the never-ending episode. That's a title if ever I've heard one. <laughs> it's going to be especially confusing when people see the timestamp next to it. Maybe that's part of the joke. You won't know until you reach this point in the episode. It's like the never-ending story. It's a pretty short movie, all things considered. It For was never not short movie. enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hmm. And to be fair, people seem to get their heads around the never-ending story pretty okay. So yeah. I have faith in our listeners. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else you want to say about stories? Oh god, no, please let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. What yeah. about you, Dave? Yeah, I'd say the same. Okay, cool. Well, that was a very informative conversation. I learned that I probably won't like it. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so um, the next segment is Recently Beat Currently Playing, and you guys have already sort of at least put in one thing towards that. Stories, I guess, you all have in common. Yeah. Uh, so what else have you guys been doing? Who wants to start? Do you want to start, Dave, our esteemed guest? Okay, What's what is the recently completed or...? Uh, yeah, if you start with what you've what you've beaten, if you've retired anything, and then tell us a bit about what you're playing at the moment. Yeah, past two okay. weeks, whatever you've beaten, that's probably a good benchmark. So I wasn't at home last week, so I'm I'm just not counting that one. And I went through my Steam li library and played through the whole uh, Formula One series from Formula One 2011 till Formula 1 2016. Jesus. Which, no, I mean, they're pretty short. Oh, but okay. what, I, what I want to say about it is like uh, trying to play the 2011 uh, game. It's it's one of those uh, games for Windows Live uh, won't oh. run at all uh, nowadays game. Ouch. But, but I found a, a little tool that did the uh, simulates uh, an offline profile for the game. So essentially removes the whole Games for Windows Live. <laughs> you don't, you can't play multiplayer, but you can go through a story. Mm -hmm. And once I discovered that, I also installed Canaan Lynch, the first one. Oh God, is that a Games for Windows Live game? Yeah, and, and oh, it doesn't, it doesn't run 
if you try to play it right, right now. But I managed to play it uh, using that. And, and it wasn't very good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All that effort. So, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, it's in my backlog. You'll have to let I, it. I've been, I've been trying to play it since 2013. And now that I played it, mm, not very good. I mean, it's also pretty short, like less than three, three hours. It's what they okay. say. And you only want what you can't have. <laughs> and then and I also play the Hitman 2. Oh, I love that game. And I, I'm playing through the through them like uh, on release order. And I wasn't that much of a fan of uh, the first Hitman, but the second one is much closer to what we now think about Hitman when we think about Hitman. So it's closer to the to the newer games. So you have the uh, whole big maps with lots of stuff to lots of ways to approach any problem. Mm-hmm. And it was I say um a step up in, in all in all aspects from the first game. Hmm. So I'll recommend it. Okay. And then I've been playing too much Monster Hunter. Well, the new so, one, Monster Hunter. Yeah, yeah. The it's it's the first game that I pre-ordered. Well, I mean, pre-ordered. I seen technically it's a pre-order. I bought it like two days before the release when the reviews were were out, and it was basically the port is okay, okay, and and I just, I bought it, and I'm now close to finishing it. Uh, I played, I feel, I believe, like 50 hours. And mm. I, I'd say it's, it's a very cool game. A bit on the easy side compared to other Monster Hunter games, but yeah. but uh, way more fast. And and I believe it's, it, it still doesn't have as much content as other games. But what is now, it's, it's kind of very fun uh, and just a little nitpick but the achievements are just so bad it's like someone yeah i mean someone had, had an idea for achievement and you know do something x amount of time and someone else just put a zero at the end of it so so you <laughs> so you you make like a small guild cards with a with which are you know character and kind of friends so and they're used to yeah 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 well i mean it's from for your hunter so you kind of give your card to people and so there's an, an achievement like hey, go make a couple friends but it's not like five or ten it's get 50 cards oh my god and then it's a uh, hunt a monster then hunt a hundred monsters and everything is is like too much the the numbers are just too high but the next thing why that, that's just that's just the achievements so just a little nitpick do x things why times are just the worst achievements ever like, yeah and these are do x things why times but multiplied by 10 yeah <laughs> 
So I, I don't believe that there is a one single good achievement. Hmm. In... Shit. That's a bummer. Well, I mean, like, but the story-based the, the is... ones are fine. Well, yeah, I mean, complete the story. They, they are fine. And there, there's, an also, there's also four achievements for getting kind of uh, some critters that you capture for that are then like pets in your home. Those are also fine. I believe. Yeah. But but yeah, the game as the game I say is in itself, I say is pretty good. Really fun. I've been playing with a hunting horn, which is basically like a big hammer you swing around, play notes and then I mean it's like you walk uh you, you just hit the monster in the head and, and you play one note. Then you hit the monster again, and you play another. So yep. different different moves make different notes. The, the duty then, boys. Yeah, and then <laughs> when, once you have the notes that make a song, you kind of do an even more powerful combo. Oh, I like that. And 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 that may applies above to all the to all the players. So it's you kind get, of yeah. Fun. yeah. You have to make sure not not only I have now time for one hit or two hits but I need this kind of hit because I want to make a attack up a buff or I want to make a heal buff so you are kind of combining hitting the monster and getting the buffs for all the for all the people I'd say oh, it's, it's and they're really massive fun. bagpipes by the way ah, yeah. <laughs> with bagpipes and, and when you mount the monsters you just it's, it's like are a really big stick with backpipes on one end. So you are just grabbing the stick with both hands and hitting the monster in the head. And the, the sound it makes, it's like, it, it's like hitting backpipes against something. <laughs> like, just, it's so bad. A sound I so, know so, so well. So fun. <laughs> it's what, what, what I imagine that would sound. And it's it's just so... So walky. I mean, I don't know. It's it's campy, but it's it's fun. I, and of all the weapons I tried, I, I'd say that one is is for sure the one I like the most. <clears throat> really, I hate the hunting horns. Um, I used them in three, and when there was like on underwater fighting, and underwater fighting with the hunting horns made me hate them forever. So I don't, I don't uh-huh. ever use them. Well, it's not like since the third one, they they use the same system. But before that, you had to hit the monster and you didn't get anything. And then you have to enter the recital mode, I think it was called. Yeah. Well, you entered, and, and you had to play the notes, apply the buff, and on that, the whole time, you weren't doing anything. And um, before that, they didn't tell... That's uh, first and second generation only. Yeah, they used to not tell you what the buffs, like the combos were for the buffs either. Now they just like tell you what they are. Yeah, I I used to forget them when I I play the portable third. But now you have in in all Japanese game glory, you have the the user interface just blocking everything in your screen. So you have the the map, the notes, the songs, the, the players, your health, everything just the the mission objectives, everything like on on screen at the same time. 
Monster Hunter just seems the worst for like user interface and menu. Yeah, and and it's gotten worse. It's like <laughs> they worse. they unlearned. Yeah. <laughs> It used to be you were able to take things off the screen, and you can still do that, but, like, you don't want to. And now with this one, for some reason, they keep on, like, taking my health away from me. Like, like the little <laughs> bar, they keep on, like, not showing me what my health is. And it's just, the like, one thing you need to see. Yeah, it's like, please show me what my stamina <laughs> is. I'm a dual blade user. I need to know that. Even, like, in the middle of combat and stuff? Sometimes, yeah. Dang. Because I know, like, sometimes in games, they'll, like make your health and stamina go away when you're like just in a cinematic like exploration type thing but once you get into combat then you really need that information it's not intuitive enough it's like um it's like a little diamond that's supposed to come out but sometimes it goes back into it's like a little diamond and you have to press the right bumper to be able to see it but then as soon as you unclick the right bumper it goes away again it's supposed to stay there but sometimes it doesn't and i don't <laughs> like that because i need to know that shit the weird, the most weird thing that they have done is that, I mean, in in most games, most multiplayer games, you have like guilds or something like that, like groups of people. Yeah, like clans. Yeah, like clans or guilds or whatever. And in this game, for some reason, they've taken your main Steam group and they just use that as the clan or the guild or whatever. I mean, who uses that? No one. It's I mean, really weird. it's like it's like they don't know what Steam is or how people use Steam. Who uses the Steam groups? I bet you, <laughs> bet you they do though. I bet that's really sneaky ploy to make you peer pressure your friends into getting monsters. And it's really weird because I had like a not safe for work group, like as my main group, and I was like, <laughs> I'm not even. It's just like it just showed up, and it's just like. Yeah, and and all people can see it, and and, they, and it's in your guild card. It's like it. <laughs> it's it's just. But the true ploy to to make people play the game is like for some reason it just keeps popping the Steam interface alert that uh, friends are playing whatever, and if they are playing Monster Hunter, it just keeps popping again and again and again, even if they yes. don't open. For some reason, I. I I don't even know why. It's it's the only game that does that. Your, your message pops up at least like 70 times a day. And I'm yeah, sure mine does the same to you. Oh, my brother's yeah, keeps popping up all the time. And it, I'm playing. Stop it. I'm playing. Fair, I'm not getting any of these. You just don't I'm have friends. With... Hey, <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I was going to leave it. Hanging. So I'm playing with five friends and it's just like like one. All the time. No, all of us are playing Monster Hunter, so it's like ping, 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 oh, ping, I ping, off. <laughs> I get the notifi- notification, like, and it says, like, five of your friends are playing this game, and then it's, like, literally me and one other person are actually on the game, and I'm like, you are a liar. <laughs> but in but, the yeah. middle of a... Um, Oh, it also the the notification blocks your items when it yeah. pops up, so it's just like you can't use your items. And and also they for some reason, if you have a gamepad plugged in the computer, they mm, it forces the unless unless you change it, it forces the Steam Big Picture interface, which not only blocks the item but half of your screen, 
and then you try to use to maybe look something in a browser or whatever and and, it, and it's just it's awful who who uses no, that no no one yeah big it's, picture is pretty gross and yeah, I hate it. <laughs> it's it's like mine didn't auto to it mine's actually the normal one yeah, it's I mean, like, yeah, in, in Capcom, they didn't even use Steam in, in the whole life, and they just had a PowerPoint presentation about it, like, and then they decide how, how to do the, the Steam integration into the game. It's, it's just bad. Whoa. Well, not, not bad, like, really weird. Hmm. Fair enough. Right, so, um, is there anything else you want to add to that, or should we sort of let no. someone else in? Okay. All right, you're already talking, Rick, so keep talking. Okay, I'm talking here. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I first off, there's a game that I shelved. I haven't retired it. I am going to come back, to it, and that's Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. I am enjoying it. At the same time, I don't really want to play it at I can't really put my finger on why. So I've put it in my custom um, category on how long to beat, which is to be continued. And I think I will eventually come back to it. Um, in terms of what I've beaten, other than stories, there are four other games. Uh, two of them, I was... No, three of them, I was already playing when we talked last time. There's one new one. Um, so Rhythm Paradise Megamix. I think I said everything I wanted to about that last time. Good, shallow, hated the story. Uh, can't <laughs> wait to try the DS one again. Um, Resident Evil Revelations, which I felt a bit bipolar playing because from moment to moment, the score sort of fluctuated between a four and an eight. And... Um, that's quite a wide margin. <laughs> well, that's sort of my point. Uh, it's a fucking janky game. It, it feels like it was developed in some ways around the same time as the first Resi. There are a lot of moments where the tank controls kill it and everything just feels slow and awkward and disjointed, especially sort of trying to pick up items or interact with things in the world. It just can become quite difficult. But the game also has some really amazing set pieces. About halfway through the game where you've been to a room and you go away from it and you have to go back to retrieve something. And a corpse that was there isn't there anymore. And in order to fight your way back to where you need to be in the next part of the level, you have to fight the zombie that was that corpse about six different times, <laughs> along with other enemies. But it's really good and really tense because the boss um, has a really good animation, a good way, very sort of jerky and, and rushed intentionally. But it's also like a guerrilla tactic boss because it will jump out of a vent and once you do so much damage, it will slink off again. And you have to beat it about six times all while your ammo is slowly depleting, all while dealing with other zombies in the meantime. And it was just a really, really good level. And there are other moments where it makes you feel like a badass, like one way you're rushing against the clock and there are two enemies in front of the door. And by the time you get there, it's close to the end of the clock. But if you've picked up a bazooka slightly earlier... You can just one-shot them both as you run into the... And there are moments where it makes you feel like that really powerful, really part of this amazing sort of thrilling story. But then, you know, something stupid and cheesy will happen. Or you'll spend 
10 seconds trying to shift your character just so to pick up um, a green herb or in some of the areas where you have to carry a comrade, you'll find yourself zigzagging like you're because that's actually quicker than the standard walk forward. Um, so it, I would recommend it. I did enjoy it. Definitely go in with tempered expectations if you One I wouldn't recommend is another code. And the reason for that is simply that it is a worse Hotel Dusk. And if you want to play Hotel Dusk is game, already pretty bad, so... Uh... You can shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> if you want to play that type of game, and you ought to, I would just recommend you play Hotel Dusk instead. Um, admittedly, it was a launch title, but the problem with another code is that for a point-and-click adventure, the button interface is actually better than using the... T- because the pointer is just that balked. Um, and some of the touchscreen interaction things just are poorly optimized or don't work right. And I think it's a combination of the developer being new to the system and potentially being a little bit rushed to get the game out to launch alongside the console. Um, it's a bit like stories in that the only thing that really justifies it is the narrative. But even that, I think, is weak. I think Stories actually has a better narrative. Um, stories definitely, stories frustrated me more mechanically did. Um, the interface is bad, but for the most part, it doesn't get in the way, per se. But yeah, I, I can't in good conscience recommend it. I put it in as a 4 out of 10. And the only, the only reason I could possibly say it's worth playing is if you loved Hotel Dusk, you loved the sequel, and you actually would really like to see as a matter of curiosity where they came from and how it sort of developed. But other than that, no. So I'm definitely uh, not the intended audience. <laughs> oh, it's definitely not a Kerfmurth game. <laughs> uh, the last completion, though, which might be, is Zone of the Enders HD. And I say HD very, very reservedly. Paint that it's had applied to it is very, very, very minor. It, it Apart from slightly up textures, it still looks like a PS2 game. But it's a good PS2 game, and it's still a good game today. Um, the gameplay is a little bit limited, but it, it ultimately is fun, and it holds up, and you do have a range of options, no matter what the combat situation is you're in. I'd almost say in some ways a bit too much because you get about nine different sub-weapons throughout the game and I think I only used three of them more than trying them out the moment I got them. Um, The general gameplay is a good level. The bosses provide a real challenge. Um, But even sort of with trying a few of those a couple of times through to beat them, I cleared the whole game in about four and a half hours. Um... But at current pricing, I think that's okay because I got the bundle for like a fiver on PSN and I still got number two to play and I had a good time with number one so I will go to that at some point. Um, so if it's something that interests you, if you like mechs, if you like um, sort of action games, I, I would definitely recommend that. Um, in terms of what I'm playing at the minute, I have... At this very second... Literally right now, yeah. Um, I have 
I have four games that I've got on the go, um, and I'm going to go through them in alphabetical order. The first of those is Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Yay! It is the most adorable game. It's so much fun. And it's a really nice game just to play when you you sort of want to veg out for a little bit. Because it's cute, it doesn't take too much energy. Um, and what I really like about it, which I tend not to like about other similar games. So, for example, I talked a couple of episodes back about Dakura, uh, which was a puzzle platformer that I ended up retiring. The problem with that one was once you'd worked out a solution, it was a real chore to actually act that solution out. And where I think Treasure Tracker succeeds is that all the levels are very small and very dense. So once you've worked out what you're supposed to be doing, you've more or less done it. And so you, you don't have that fatigue or that boredom of trudging through. And it definitely helps that the packages, classic Nintendo, really, really well together. Um, so I definitely recommend that to anyone that was looking. Um, the second game I'm playing, and it's the first proper game I'm playing on my brand new PS4, is... <laughs> Yeah, just throw that in there. Uh, yeah. It will also become relevant for my recommendation, so a um, little bit of foreshadowing to that. Um, the game I've been playing on my shiny new, and by new I mean second, is Prey, which I'm loving. It's a solid 9 out of 10 for me. How um, far are you? I'm at about the two-hour mark. So uh, for anyone who's played it, I'm returning to Morgan Yu's office to uh to review a tape that i now have access to um so it's, it's the second visit to his office i definitely was expecting a slightly different game than what i got the trainers pitch it as as quite an action orientated game and in some ways it is but really it's more i suppose the best way that i could describe it is a sort of a halfway house between dead space and Alien Isolation, with a bit of a Metal Gear Solid sort of flavoring. What you're because describing it, is System Shock 2. Yeah, you are. Which I it's by the same people, so... I Well, I haven't played System Shock, but it, I can... Oh, you owe it to yourself. I, yeah. well, it's, it's on my list of things to do. Um, it's very much a stealth game. And what I like about it, which I tend not to... Um, about other sort of stealth action games it's something that bugged me about the splinter cells when i've tried those is that although generally stealth is your best option if you're caught in a situation where you have to fight your way out of it you do have the tools and the capabilities available to you to do that um it does a lot of things that i really like i love the um i love the options for traversal that it gives you um, I love the the jet propulsion, so you get a bit of a, um, a sort of a Rayman style glide mechanically, um, and I love that every battle feels meaningful. Um, often with this kind of game, you know, like a first person action game, I certainly found this with Rage when I played that. Um, as you start to go through the game, some of the encounters with the the weakest enemies become quite boring and mundane. But um, the most sort of low-level enemy you face in this are mimics. So you never quite know when an attack's going to happen. Um, and when they do attack, especially if there's more than one of them, 
they can put you in a real bind. Um, I mean, for example, this is a minor spoiler, but early on in the game, um, you walk into a new room and there's a new gun on the floor in front of you. And when you go to pick it up, it's a mimic and it attacks you. And then once you've dealt with that mimic, you see the real gun just around the corner it was pretending to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a good game. It's well put together. It gives you a lot of options. There's a lot to explore. The world feels really weighty and realistic. And I love the story it's telling as well. In all this with the mechanics, I haven't even mentioned the story. And the story is really, really compelling. I don't want to spoil anything about that. So, yeah, it's a, it's a 9 out of 10 at the moment. If it keeps up at this pace, I could see it being a 10 out of 10, honestly. I would say it's pretty consistent throughout the entire game. You might find towards the last couple of, like, maybe the last hour or two, I would say there's probably more of a combat emphasis. Um, so when you get okay. to that point in the game, depending on how you approach things, it might change your opinion one way or the other. But, but are you a bit more tooled up by then? Do you do you sort of have the ammo and the, the means to cope with Um I mean it because just depends on your build really. Uh okay. I mean there are there are certain like psychic abilities. I don't remember what they're called in the universe, but okay. some of them by the time you get to the end of the game can like one shot uh some of the harder enemies. Oh shit, fair enough, because that's one of the things I've faced sort of in early game is the uh, the phantoms, the bigger enemies that appear to be like former crew members. They take a lot of damage mm-hmm. to the point where I could unload a full shotgun clip into them, um, and they're they're still just about clinging onto life. Um, and the shotgun ammo is pretty scarce, which I do like that it makes you be a bit more creative and use the environment a bit more and do things like that. But it, it definitely can be a struggle at times. One more thing before I move on. I love the game's sense of humor, especially there's a there's a weapon that you pick up early on that's not actually a weapon. It's like a prank office crossbow that fires foam nerf darts. And uh, you can use them to activate screens because they have capacitive tips. But they do no damage, so you can only really use them to distract enemies and, and interact with the environment. And as you're going through the game, there are inv- there are areas where you look through the email chains and the people in the office have been emailing back and forth about improving the bow and, and this and that. And one of the guys who's being ribbed because he was developing the bow and, and helping this girl with it because he was trying to get inside a pack. And it's, it's little things like that that make the world feel real and make everything else about what's going on a bit more impactful. And I think that attention to detail really does sort of elevate it for me. There's also like I'm I'm trying to remember. I think there's there's some object that you encounter like in a lot of the office areas that's just like this big rectangle that's like on wheels or something and it doesn't have any like immediate purpose that you can tell just by looking at it. And if you like go into some of the email chains, then like even the people in the offices are trying to figure out what the heck they do and why they're all <laughs> over the place. Oh, man. I think that might I... actually be like a callback joke to the original Prey, but I never played the original Prey, so wasn't yeah. the original very different? It had some co- sort of native Indian. Yeah, and I I don't think it was a shock lake either. 
So no, that'll be different. I, by all accounts, calling this one a prey game was a bit of a bizarre choice. But I, <laughs> in the context, I don't think I'll hold it. Um, but yeah, I, I appreciate I've been talking for a little while. So just briefly, the last two I'm playing. Um, Space Invaders Extreme. It's what you'd expect. It's Space Invaders with a bit more dubstep and some sort of like mini games. <laughs> uh, it's good fun though. It you know it, it doesn't break what isn't broken. Um, and I I am enjoying that so far. I don't know how much more there is, or whether I'll bother sticking it out. I don't know whether I'll maybe sort of dip back in and out um, over time. I'm also returning to Wario Land 2 on the Game Boy Color, by which I mean on the emulator on my PSP. Sacre bleu! So, I I beat the game a while back. It was in my to-be-continued tab for a little while. And I'm returning to it just to get the true ending. There's a few more levels I need to play through. There's some extra switches I need to hit and things and, and this and that to get to the true ending. And I quite enjoyed the game when I played it, but I didn't I didn't want to do the faff at the time, so I'm going back to do that. And one that I almost forgot about, but I shouldn't have done, because I finally completed the first case in it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm proud of you. Wow, it, it was a monumental achievement, and I don't quite know how I managed it. Um, <laughs> but it was good. I did really enjoy it, and I'm definitely going to continue really enjoying it while I carry on playing it. Um the bit where one of the characters throws their hair off had me increase it, which was quite bad because I was on a train at the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. The, I will tell you that the culprits breakdowns when you f- like finally reveal them uh, in court, they just continually over the series get better and better. Like by okay. the time you get to the 3DS games, some of it is just ridiculous. So, if you liked that, then you have a lot to look forward to. I do definitely intend to crack through them all. Uh, the plan is, because I've got the, the prequel Leighton trilogy to crack through as well, and I've also stolen my brother's copy of Leighton vs. Phoenix Wright. Great so, game. Yeah, underrated so game. Also. Uh, underrated, did you say? Very underrated. Okay. So, if you if you sort of top them up, between the three... No, four Phoenix Wright games on DS, plus the Miles Edgeworth games, which I do want to hit, plus the three Leighton games. Hang on, so that's five so far, plus the three Leighton games, plus Leighton versus Phoenix Wright, plus the two 3DS games? Well, I mean, Phoenix Wright uh, and Professor Leighton is a 3DS game, so... As in in the two solely... Solely solely Ace Attorney, yeah, there are two of those. I mean that's unless you count the Japanese ones, but I don't think you can read Japanese, so probably won't be playing. What are you, Shindo? No, (laughs) Iriai. You even did that wrong as well. Oh, that sort of proves my point, really. So I'm I'm not going to bother. But yeah, even if I crack through ambition, I'll probably crack through one every other month. Um, That's my story-based investigative gaming fiction for two years, and that's not counting the Sam and Max games, which I desperately want to crack through. Oh, those are phenomenal. Well, I I love the characters. Obviously, Max is my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I need to get to those. I have the first two series. I have the third series on disc that I still need to install. And I've got Scum installed, so I have hit the road. Um, yeah, backlogs are shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but on that bombshell, that's me in terms of beaten and played backlogs. So, all right, yeah. toast. Are we flipping a coin? You can go because you'll take longer. <laughs> I'll try to Challenge. not take too long. Challenge. All right, so let's see. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. let me pull this up real quick. All right, so I'll start with currently playing. There's not a lot new there. Um, I I have three that I guess I'm currently playing right now. One of them is Breath of the Wild, which like I touch once every two weeks or something, and so it's like barely playing it. Um, I still love it though. There is uh, Fire Emblem. I can't speak. Fire Emblem Echoes: Shadows of Valencia which I've kind of gotten back into the mode with it. Um, ironically enough, because I accidentally saved over my file and had to completely start over again. So wah, wah. <laughs> I was like 17 hours in, too. I had to redo all of that. Fortunately, mm -hmm. it does not take nearly as long when you skip all of the dialogue. So I am a little bit past where I was originally, and I think that my characters are built better anyway, so take that as you will. And then I finished up the second Ace Attorney game replay, Justice for All, so I started, play, re I started a replay of the third one, Trials and Tribulations, and I have finished the first case of that, which is... A pretty like as far as first cases go in Ace Attorney games, it's probably the best of them. Um, I mean, the first game's first case is okay. The second game's first case is pretty trash, uh, but this one actually has some real story weight behind it instead of just being a generic tutorial level. So there's that. Uh, mm -hmm. Current. No, not currently playing. Recently beat. Ah! I recently beat, in the past couple of weeks, first one here is Zeo Drifter. Um, don't know if any of you have heard of that, but it's... Not a clue. It's like a small... Oh, no, I do. It's by Renegade Kid, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, yeah, the only I played it yet. It's a small Metroidvania with, like, 8-bit pixel art on Steam. Um, didn't take very long, I guess. Uh, like, yeah, two and a half hours or something. It was, you know, decent. Um, I was just very frustrated with the way that it handled its difficulty. I thought that the challenge it presented was pretty fair. I just wish that, I wish that they had done a couple of things, uh, to kind of be a little nicer to the player. Like, the fact that you can only save at your ship. So, I found this out the hard way by doing, like, an entire level and not going back to my ship to to save, thinking there was an autosave, losing that entire level because I just X'd out of the game. That was frustrating. Um, you get 
some checkpoints in boss levels, but then of course you have to get to the boss level, which in itself can take a long time because even the generic enemies pr hit pretty hard and you don't have a lot of hit points. Um, there's also the issue that if you like explore, go out of your way and find all of these collectibles and upgrades and stuff, then that's, you know, great, obviously. But if you die, then again, it just reverts you back to the ship. You lose all of those collectibles. You have to go back out and get them again. Okay. So your options are either to just gamble on like getting five collectibles in a row and just hoping that you can make it to the boss room for a checkpoint or go go on the gamble that hopefully you can survive the trip back to your ship to save to make sure that you actually get to keep all of your collectibles. So it was just a lot of little things where death was just a little bit too much of a punishment. It more felt like I was losing time than I was really learning anything about how to approach the challenge. So, yeah, it was it was like a 5 out of 10 for me. You know, pretty much okay. average. Have um, you played Mutant Muds at all? So I'd be interested to know if you have how it sort of compares, because it looks like it's made in the same engine. I have not. I think it's somewhere on my backlog, but have not. Because I quite enjoyed Mutant Muds, but I think a lot of the criticisms that you have about Zeo Drifter would apply to that game also. Mm -hmm. Although Mutant Muds, because it's sort of short individual levels, at the very least you know when you've got a save if that. Yeah, I think it might just be something about the openness of it. Since it is so open, I would like more opportunities to you know save my progress i guess so is it purely auto save there's no sort of like save rooms like you have in metro no there's like no auto save at all basically um you pretty much have to go back to your ship to save there aren't save rooms there aren't map rooms there aren't healing rooms um oh okay and you but you said the boss checkpoint yeah you is get a right? boss checkpoint um right which is, like, their one concession. I think that the game would legitimately be unplayable if you get it, didn't get a checkpoint at the boss. Yeah, I can see that. Um, but, I mean, like, the boss rooms are pretty far into the levels themselves. And then after the boss, you generally have to go a different route back to your ship. So it can make for a pretty hefty challenge. Hmm. Uh, but that's all I've got to say about that, I think. It was also, well, it was also kind of a bummer that all of the bosses are literally the same, which is, you know, not necessarily what you want. Uh, anyway, next up was Marlowe Briggs and the Mask of Death. Oh. Which, uh, that was a game that was highly recommended to me by a guy I used to work with on a review site that I used to write for. And uh, he was very into it, so I finally got around to playing it. Um, it is definitely a God of War clone. Uh, but I think what I appreciated most about it was the, you know, just kind of barefaced 
we know that this is basically the equivalent of a B-movie in video game form. We're a little under-budgeted, so we're just going to put most of that budget into making the environments look really pretty, and then the rest of it is just going to be stupid jokes. And, you know, I appreciate that. It is so over-the-top. I could... I lost count of the explosions that I was seeing. Um, I was a little bummed that you could tell that some of their budget was squandered in making the environments too pretty because some of the cutscenes are standard, you know, characters moving, interacting, explosions in their full grandeur. But then I would say far too many of them are like pseudo comic book style where it's all of these freeze frames and the camera is kind of free moving around the freeze frames um and as it moves like you you can see the models like get teleported to a different location so there's almost like an illusion of movement but the camera moves so slowly for most of these cutscenes there really isn't even dialogue it's just showing off the action that's occurring uh but it's it's something that I definitely would have liked to see in action. I think that they could have taken a little bit of a hit to the graphical fidelity just to make those really make those cutscenes move in a way. I mean, is the story even worth seeing or is it the kind of thing that you could justifiably skip and just play for the gameplay it's in the good. environment? I'd say it's good. Yeah. It's a good story, okay. Yeah. I mean not beep or but kind of like a popcorn movie yeah yeah good for what it is um it's like if you were going to see like jurassic world or something it would pretty much give you the same experience as that it's you know fun to watch it's flashy all of that Um, the so mechanically the only issue i had with it i think was that enemies just took way too many hits to die even like the basic baby enemies and i think i was playing on like the average difficulty um and i mean even towards the like even in the middle of the game not even towards the end where you expect they're going to be a little more spongy but just the generic enemies you encounter i would have like my heaviest weapon fully maxed out on upgrades and it would still take minutes to take them down they are just <laughs> they just soak it up and not really that hard either you i mean you can basically stun lock all the enemies yeah yeah so it was button machine for 15 seconds each boss or i mean if it's small enemy and then even more for for the big one so not really that fun yeah but okay not, so not that bad. yeah if if you can Again, I come from a big Dynasty Warriors background, so I'm pretty. <laughs> Don't boo me. The Warriors... Dynasty Warriors is the worst. It's super fun. Yeah, it's hella no. fun. It's utter crap. I mean, if you're used to enemies going down as easy, obviously you're going to feel like a regular enemy takes too many hits. You cut out for a little bit of that. Oh, I, what I said is, and I'll edit it out later, I guess. Um, I'll try again. The thing is, if you're used to enemies going down as easy as Dynasty, obviously 
you're going to feel like a regular enemy in a proper game is going to take too many hits. This is a different scenario. <laughs> oh, this is different, is it? No, it, it very much is. I mean, there's no... If you were to play it, you would recognize pretty much instantly that they are just taking way too long to go down. Well, I mean, it's in my backlog, so I'll get around to it eventually. Yeah. I, I think you will have that coming to Jesus moment, and then you will be on your knees begging me for forgiveness. <laughs> if it comes to it, and I play it, and I say, actually, do you know what, Kerf was right, <laughs> then that's what I say. But uh, I, I'll hold off on that until I've actually played it. But I also do want to correct your misconception that, yes, Dynasty Warriors is just about button mashing, but yep. uh, there is, like, it, it is still challenging at okay. levels. So it's not as mindless as it might seem unless you are playing on a too easy difficulty or you are too maxed out for the current situation that you're playing in. Um, I would say definitely the older Warriors games are much more challenging in that regard. Dynasty Warriors 3 is a very tough game. But I digress. I will move on. The next game that I complete was WarriorWare Gold, the new WarriorWare game in the series. Oh, me too! Hey! Is it good? I'm torn. Is yeah. it worth full price? I, it is Because that's my thing. Like, I probably wouldn't enjoy it. But I'm not sure if I'd feel good about paying £35 for it. So, uh, I will say this. If... Yeah. <laughs> If your only goal is to complete it, just to get through the, like, story content that it provides, then uh -huh. it probably wouldn't be worth the price of admission for you. Okay. But a lot of the game is replaying the levels. Because the first time you play through a level, I think you only play, like, a maximum of, like, 20 micro games in a row. And then it says, you're done, and it moves you on to the next level. But right. really, ideally, you should be going back and replaying those levels to unlock more micro games, um, to get more coins, to buy like bonus content and stuff. And those, it's pretty much just a gauntlet of seeing how long you can survive. Uh, it's so, really I mean, fun. It's so much fun. Some of them, I think... I know I got up to like 80 on at least one of the levels, 80 micro games in a row. Which is they're very different. Like some of them, I actually dislike, and then others are like, "Whoa, I love, love this one." Um, and then like, even outside of the kind of catered levels of micro games, then there's the index where you can go and you can play through individual micro games, complete different challenges in there. So there is a lot to do. There's also bonus games where they give you different constraints and challenges and stuff. Even though you're playing the same game, there's different rules regarding the way that they're delivered to you and stuff. Okay. Um, and then there's just like little dumb side things. Um, I think one of them that I unlocked, I rented it, so I ended up sending it back after I was satisfied. But one of the little side things you can unlock is an alarm clock where basically you set the time you want to wake up, you plug in your 3DS, you leave it to sleep, and once it hits that time, it'll just start blaring and it'll wake you up. And then the only way to turn off the alarm clock is to beat like 
three games in a row or something. So or do what I do, which is just turn the DS on. Yeah, yeah, I guess if you want to be that way about it. It's but... not that I want to. It's just that that's what happens when I'm not. Anyway, I'm I'm sidetracking. <laughs> anyway, there, there's just a lot that you can do with the game. So even though I mean it was three hours, I think for me to complete the story. Oh, um, Christ! Okay. There's a lot more that you could do, and I think for you enjoying burst play like you do, I think you could get a lot out of it. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, it's probably a thing where I will sort of scout on eBay, and when it, it comes up for a reasonable price, pick it up then. Like, I can't really see myself paying more than twenty pounds for it. That's sort of the yeah, that seems part. seems legit to me. Uh, I mean, I I did that with Captain Ted. One of the nice things with the 3DS is quite a few people seem to be buying the newer games, trying them, and then um, sort of looking to get rid of them for as much of their value as they can hold. So I got, um, bearing in mind Treasure Tracker was like £30 on release when it came out. I got it for just over 20 and I'm loving it. So, yeah, I guess. Um, again, I've sort of sidetracked it. Sorry about that. It's okay. There, There's no context in which bringing up Treasure Tracker is not okay. It is the pureness we need in this world. That is very true. Um, two more to go. One of them is Ace Attorney Justice for All. I've already talked about it a little bit. Um, I think the only thing I had left the last time we talked was the final case, which I knew going into it was going to be incredible, and it was as incredible as I remembered. So uh, you have something good to look forward to in the many months you have <laughs> in front of you, Rick. Nah. And then uh, last is Way of the Samurai, the first one for PlayStation 2. Because um, I just got 3 and 4 on GOG for a pretty cheap price, so I wanted to go back and play the earlier games. Um, it's, it was pretty short, honestly, shorter than I was expecting. It took me two hours to get to the ending. Granted, there are, you know, a lot of different endings... I don't know if there's a lot, maybe like eight or something, which for PS2, I guess, was a lot. But um, I don't know. It was interesting. I died a couple of times in my attempt to get to an ending. So when you restart the game and you're exploring the world, there's all sorts of different things that happen depending on where you are at what time. Uh, you can interact with characters different ways. You can sit there, you can have a full conversation with them, or you can just walk into their shop and just start hacking away at them until they scream at you and attack you back. Uh, so it was interesting in that regard, in that it really did feel like the world was adapting around me, or in my original playthrough where I was just wandering around and just kind of take in what the world had to offer, uh, how the world did not adapt around me. People were just going about their business and talking to each other, and I was just kind of avoiding them from the outskirts. So I I think I said in my review that I put on the website that I wish I had more patience because I would have loved to go through and try to get more of the endings and see more of that additional content just based on the way the world changes. But, I mean... I, I just didn't really feel like I could put too much more effort into it, time and effort. But I enjoyed what I played 
the combat was a little more involved than I guess I was hoping for, but you know, you get what you get. So that's all for me. Toast McToasterson. What's Ooh. new? Okay. Um, so That's your finished... new name from now on, by the way. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. Nope. Not doing that. Um, so I finished WarioWare Gold. Um, hey. It took me two hours. So, and that was about standard. I finished it the day I got it, which... I, like, I got it the day it came out. So. Damn. I, I haven't really picked it back up since then because I don't do a lot of traveling and I've been, like, really busy. But maybe, um, in September when I'm not, like, not working... I will. Hmm. But and then that like like that's the only game I finished. Um, I've been playing Monster Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much all consuming. I'm still going through stories. Um, I think I dropped Dandelion because I couldn't stand it. Yes, I dropped. Maybe I'll pick it back up. Maybe I won't. It's not worth it. Um. And I'm playing Highway Blossoms, I think? Highway yeah, I think what? I... Highway Blossoms. It's like some shitty visual novel. Hey, hey. <laughs> really selling it. Yeah, well, no, I mean, it's just something to read. Um, I can actually, I can Steam link it to, from my, like, to my phone. So I can just, if I'm like... <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. And about, I can just connect my phone to my computer at home. And play it off of my phone. So that's the only reason, because I have some games specifically for that purpose. So like some really like um, English made shitty visual novels where I can just turn the sound off and not there. You have those. That's one. Question: uh, Just in terms of the Steam Link more than <clears throat> in terms of the actual games, how do you find the interface? Does it just work as though sort of your touch on the screen is like a mouse click? Yes. Oh, that's good. And, and you can um. You can connect a controller to it, um, provided you have Bluetooth on your phone, which, if you have a phone, you do. Yeah. Um, and provided that the Bluetooth on the, the controller works. Um, ideally, you would use a Steam controller, because I think it's set up that way. Um, I haven't actually connected a controller to it to see, but, um, yeah. The, the problem I have is um, your internet connection needs to be pretty strong. Um, to sustain it. It's not as good as, like, a regular Steam Link, where it runs, like, pretty good, like, no matter where you are. Yeah, it's I suppose really... it's doing other things at the same time, isn't it? Fine. Yeah, um, it's really reliant on the internet, and also, um, for some reason with Windows 10, um, because you need to have Bluetooth on your com your computer as well, obviously. Um, with Windows 10, my Bluetooth goes out a lot, so, uh, it's constantly saying I'm not connected. So I don't use Steam Link as much as I use the Chrome um, remote extension, um, just because I find that easier. To, even though it runs not as well, I find it easier to use. Hmm. So those are those are the, the, the two ones that you can use to play video games while you're at work. Yeah. And uh, that's all I've been playing. And so we have come to the conclusion of yet another recently beat and currently playing segment. 
But that does not mean it is all the content of the episode. There is more yet to come after these commercial messages. And by commercial, it's music. Because Anthony threw down the gauntlet last time. What musical offerings do you have for us, Dave? (laughs) Don't put him on the spot. (laughs) It'd just be toast left then. We've put you on the spot. Putting Dave on the spot. You just need to find a reason to get toast. (laughs) Other than breakfast. Hey. 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 And we're back. It's almost like we never left. You say the same thing every time. (laughs) It's it's better than making up a different flavor of shit every week to bring us in. Which usually isn't good. (laughs) I can't believe you're going to trash talk my barbecued body sitting in the corner. You don't have to believe or disbelieve that you're already dead. I've painted in blood on the wall just why. With a question mark at the end. And you'll never know the answer. How poetic. Oh my Money! So, <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt to make the bloody squeaky noise that comes after that. Um, so, what comes next? Guest segments come next. And I'm going to jump straight in, because I know you don't want to wait a second longer for this episode's recommendation. And <laughs> I said the PS4... See? Dave knows. So... <laughs> This episode's recommendation is flavoured a little bit by my PS4 because when I was getting it set up, I downloaded some of the cross-platform games. That I had. And one of them, which I beat on Vita, and I really enjoyed, but I'd never gotten around to coming back to, is Sound Shapes. So you can play it on PS4, you can play it on Vita. I think you can also get it on PS3, but I'm not sure. The Holy um, Trinity. 
Yeah, well, exactly. Um, all it needs is a switch port now. Um, <laughs> everything else seems to be getting one. So it is sort of a cross between a really chill aesthetic platformer and um, an eight-track sequencer. So you pick up little nodes on the screen. Each screen is sort of an overlay of what would be the eight-track. And the nodes you pick up are markers on the sequencer. And so as you pick up the collectibles going through the levels, uh, you build up the music behind you. And there's music from Jim Guthrie, the guy who did Super Brothers, uh, from Beck, from... Oh, I love Beck. Yeah, his album on it's actually pretty, pretty good. Um, all the music on it is ranging from decent to awesome. And it has a stage editor, so there's limitless content of varying levels of quality <laughs> available to you to download, including some curated and some additional sort of free LC from the developers and a couple of other people as well. Um, it's just a lot of fun to play. It's really nice to zone out to and... When I was getting the PS4 set up, I was having some issues with my HDMI cable. And it sort of helped me calm down and work through them. And it's beautiful and it's lovely. And it must be quite cheap now. Um, even a couple of years ago when I got it first on Vita, I think I paid in the region of five or six pounds. And that was for the game and all of the level editing content pack. And it's well worth that price, and it's well worth your time. Oh, sorry, were you speaking? I was, uh, I was busy thinking about more important things. Such as what you were going to say for your segment, because again, you hadn't prepared. I have been preparing throughout this episode, and I can now, with 86% accuracy, say that I am prepared. <laughs> Thank you so much for proving my point, Perk. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, my segment, of course, is grading on a kerf, where I take a game that is underrated and I overrate it in uh, yeah. proportion. Yay! Everyone's been waiting for. Ooh. Don't we love it? So, uh,. <laughs> Since I know before I talked about Star Fox Adventures, I feel like it's only fair for me to bring up yet another loathed Star Fox game, Star Fox Zero. Mm. Yeah, that's the expect. That's the reaction I was expecting. So, court uh, to switch. switch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, legit. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Just maybe do a little bit of polish, but aside from that, okay. My uh, my spiel about Star Fox Zero is that if you go into it expecting it to control like a standard Star Fox game, then you will very likely be put off immediately by what you receive. Uh, the because what you basically get is. A gyro-controlled game with all sorts of shifting perspectives, like you're constantly shifting from third-person shooting mode into first-person dogfights and stuff, um, and it can be very jarring. And I remember when I started playing the game, um, this was another one that I reviewed back in my reviewing days, ah, uh, the good old days, uh... Mm -hmm. 
I I was also very put off by the product that I received. But I think having to review it made me put more effort into learning the systems and kind of learning to play the game the way they wanted me to play it. And I definitely appreciate the fact that not everybody can or will want to put forth that same amount of effort, but I think that ultimately it is rewarding to do so. Uh, once you really figure out the methods available to you for multitasking, the dogfights in space are, I would say, the closest I've ever felt to feeling like I was in a Star Wars movie. Uh, you have such a free range of motion, and the abilities that you are given to attack the enemies, to dodge enemies, they're pretty dynamic uh, and pretty varied in the way that you can approach things. Uh, I can't sit here and pretend like it is a phenomenal game, uh, it's, and it's certainly not one of the better Star Fox games. That, of the ones that I've played, it's probably still ranked the lowest. But there are some pretty special moments that you can have in there, and replaying levels to undertake the challenges to try different routes there it's it's right in line with the genetic code of Star Fox through and through it's uh mm. i just don't think people gave it enough of a chance and i can't entirely knock them for that but i think that if people were to go back to the game today with a little bit more of an open mind give it a little more of a chance then i think there's something a diamond in the rough, if you will. So that's that's my bit. Wow. Unless it gets a port to a proper console, I think I'll never know. So I'll have to you. <laughs> and I think a Switch port could actually do wonders for that game. It depends, they... though, because that stigma's there now. Yeah. I mean, I doubt that no, it's I mean... going to happen, because I think that once Nintendo has made a bad game or a supposedly bad game, then they try to pretend it didn't exist. So. Damn. Well, I mean, like, even Star Fox Adventures I talked about, like, it was received okay, but fan reaction to it was pretty negative. So, other than Crystal appearing in other games, they pretty much don't acknowledge it at all. Fair. Sure. Toast! Um, I don't really have anything to recommend this week. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I did get kind of, um, oh wait, that's, that's visual, so never mind. Describe it in excruciating detail. Um, I got a water-printed, like, controller case, and it's really nice. So, if you're, if you have, like, if your hands get really cold when you play video games... And then, like, you, you can't push the buttons and things and st such like that. And you just want a nice case for your your, your controller. I'd recommend a, a water-printed uh, controller skin. What does so that, is that even mean? that the kind of thing where you send it off and they have to sort of dunk it and send it back to you? No, you just buy it and it slips right on. 
Oh, I see. It's like a, a silicone. And it's yeah, it's made of silicone, but it's really nice. It's like water resistant silicone. So like if you've got sweaty hands, it like doesn't it's much nicer than the plastic. Okay. What does that do for cold hands though? You said about your hands getting Oh, it helps me like cuz the like the plastic is really cold when I like grab it. This is a little bit like warmer. It's a little bit more like, you know, natural feeling. It's not plastic, okay. so I like it. I mean, I quite like my hands being cold. I was just curious what you meant. I don't like my hands being cold because I can't. Yeah, you're feel weird, Rick. Hey, simmer down. And you, you, I have to like warm up my hands, like to to do things because the muscles don't work properly if I don't. Mm. Dave, do you have any recommendations of any sort? Any okay. puns you would like to make about either your real new username or the fake username we've given you? As as Dave, as official Dave. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I wouldn't. I I wouldn't know what to recommend. All right. I say. Okay. Maybe. Well. Well. What I said. Maybe give a spin to stories, Path of Destinies, but don't don't expect to to find a diamond in the rough. Go play Mountain Blade Warband. And I'm Mr. Hunter. All right. Sounds legit. <laughs> so we are nearing the end of our travels, even though we have yet to leave that room that we were in at the beginning of the episode. There oh are, you, you know, there's still an exit to the north and the south, which you just, you know, haven't even thought about at all. It's not like, you know, I didn't map all of this out. In, uh... Would you not... Is it like a Sierra game where you die for all the options except one of them? Well, you, <laughs> you know, fail, you die. <laughs> if you uh, actually try to explore, you might find out. But uh... to be fair, normally it's not the DM that does. <laughs> <laughs> now you're trapped in there forever. Anyway, we will move on to the last leg of the journey. It's a question from the forums, graciously given to us by Pokepaw. It is, have you ever been gifted a game that you did not enjoy? Which I think is something that a lot of people can actually relate to. So, uh, I'll go ahead and start since I'm already talking and, you know, law of inertia and all of that. And this is one thing you're actually prepared for. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, uh, once upon a time, uh... Uh, it was a Christmas, I think, maybe a New Year's or something. Me and my siblings always do, like, a sibling gift exchange every year because there's so freaking many of us, it just makes more sense than trying to, like, buy a gift for every single person. Um, we just how do, like, many a Secret Santa. How, how many are you one of? I am one of eight. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I remember he said that before. Uh, he might have done, I didn't remember. It, it might not have been... Yeah, it might not have been in one of the episodes. It might have been in one of our pre-episodes getting to know each oh, other icebreakers. Um, anyway, so... Big family. Um, so my sister-in-law is really into Disney stuff. And she was always really in love with uh, the like aesthetic design of Epic Mickey, which, totally fair, the aesthetic design of those games is top-notch. Um, so 
I think in the lead up to that Christmas or New Year's or whatever, she had been kind of making some hints to my brother, her husband, that, you know, she was really interested in Epic Mickey 2, which had just come out and wanted to, you know, play it. So fast forward a little bit to this gift exchange and uh, one of my uh, sisters had my sister-in-law as like her secret Santa. So she gave my sister-in-law Epic Mickey 2 for the Wii U. But my brother and his wife did not have a Wii U. They had, oh. uh, I don't remember what they had at the time, PlayStation 4, Xbox One or something. Uh, so they had no way of playing it. They knew that I had a Wii U. So kind of surreptitiously, after the gift exchange was done, they took me inside and said, look, we're not going to, you know, say that we don't have a Wii U because that would make our sister feel awkward. So they just kind of slipped it to me, and nah. I ended up playing it uh, not near that time, but maybe a year or two later, and God, is that game bad. Oh not my bad. God. It is just terrible. I mean, the first Epic Mickey is nothing really to write home about. It's kind of okay, I guess. It's got kind of clunky motion controls. The pacing the level design is all i mean the mechanical level design the actual visuals are astounding but the mechanics of traversing the levels is kind of frustrating none of it really meshes well together in terms of like quests side quests that sort of stuff you really really never know what order to tackle things in and the second game just ramps all of that up to 11 just makes everything worse the camera's awful there's all sorts of frame rate drops uh the aiming itself is so bad like you have to do it with a joystick instead of the motion controls and i thought nothing would make me miss the motion controls from the first epic mickey but having to do it with a joystick is impossible so just a just a terrible terrible game so I was kind of re-gifted that one. Uh, so it was a, a, a gift that was subsequently passed on like trash. And trash it was. So that's my story. Damn. Uh, go on, Toast. What would you say yours <clears throat> was? I don't know. Uh... Oh, I've sounds like somebody a... else is unprepared. Oh, oh. oh shut up. Hey, been... okay. As a young girl who played video games, which was weird at the time, like, at the time. She um, says stalling I... desperately. I was given a lot of really strange games to try and, like, hey, you're a girl, so here are these really shitty games for you specifically. I was given <laughs> a lot of, like... Um, like Bratz games. Oh and, like, no! A lot of people would give me Barbie games and things like that, and it's just like, here, be more girly, I guess. I don't know, but like they're really <laughs> shitty. So a lot of like any of those, and I can't pick out one in specific because like they're all really bad. I, like nobody wants it, not even little girls. Shit. 
What about you, Dave? I'd say the worst game that I've been gifted, it was probably, I don't even remember the game, but it was a one-on-one fighting game for the Game Boy Color with Shrek oh. characters. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so bad. It's... I remember that game. Oh, my oh. God, that was bad. It was a oh, bad oh. game. Yeah. And if I were to choose another one, I mean, it has a, a happy ending. The the game is currently in my in my completed recently completed uh, list, and it was because this uh, birthday, my what well, last birthday, my cousin gifted me Transistor, which I thought I was going to love. And Don't then, you dare! Don't and you dare! I didn't like it. <laughs> Hating it, and then I dropped the game for about like half, half a year. And when I picked it up, maybe I have a, a different expectation, or I have a. I, I saw it for for what it was. I approached it for, um, from a different angle, and I ended up enjoying it a lot. And, yeah, and and I beat that like uh, yeah this month. So happy ending for uh, a not bad game. Yeah, happy ending for you and me as well because we've had problems. <laughs> <laughs> um, is is the name of the Shrek game Fairy Tale Freakdown? Oh my god! Probably. If it, Just... if it is, can you drop the YouTube video? Yeah, to... here we go. I'll put it in. I remember playing that game. It is. We can, is, we can have a group crane. I am watching some gameplay of it right now, and this is. Holy shit, I remember. This is gorgeous. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's that one. <laughs> Shrek, like. What, dude, is he doing? He's doing a belly dance. Yeah, I'm, I, and remember that the, the Game Boy has only two buttons, apart from the, <laughs> the D pad. So the, the controls were. They are just awful. Oh lord! <laughs> there's like, there's like only four sprites. It looks like. Yeah, and the, I don't know. I, I don't know how how it was called the the little guy that was like a not, not a cookie. Uh, the gingerbread man. Oh, the gingerbread. Yeah, gingerbread. Oh my god! Oh my god. I'm no, I see that, him right now. That stage, he only shot like. I don't know, balls or something. Yeah. I don't know what it was. And he doesn't do anything else. Just that. One again and again and again and again. <laughs> but oh, if, if anyone wants to beat the game, just beat the gingerbread man, then pick him and he has, he's using the canes as legs. And they are so <laughs> long that you can just cheese your way through the game, just kicking the other way or the other fighters. I'm I'm watching a Shrek That's versus Shrek classic. fight right now, <laughs> and it looks like the only thing to differentiate which Shrek is which is there just just like a small triangle over your Shrek's head, but like in motion, it's so hard to tell. It just looks like a it looks like a leaf on a tree or something. And, and the worst part step. is, the worst part is you can unlock the dragon as a fighter and. Cool, the dragon, and it's it's the worst. It, yeah, it's impossible to win as as the dragon. Uh, it it doesn't even make sense. 
The oh, impression no. I get is that you spent far more time with this game than it had any right to take from you. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, <laughs> I was gifted oh. only only that game, so <laughs> I didn't have anything else for the Game Boy. Nah. Oh um, my gosh. So I'm going to jump in, and before I do, I owe Pokepaw a bit of a thank you for bringing this topic up. What? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think. It's got like dumb stuff. like. I didn't know whether my computer was glitching. Up. <laughs> and, uh, for those of you who are listening, Toast was bobbing her head back <laughs> like she was doing the Egyptian just without the hands. Um, so yeah, thank you, Pokeball, because in looking to see what um, bad games I'd had gifted. I realised not only had someone sent me Tales from the Borderlands and I'd sort of forgotten about it, but also uh, I actually already own System Shock 2. Because hey! Yeah, so... Uh, it's a great game, yeah. Yeah, they're both installing now. Once I'm finished with Prey, System Shock will be the next one. Um, I also have to say I've actually had much better experiences, like much more good than bad from people gifting games. And the community's really, really nice in terms of people just being super bloody generous um yeah i mean just the fact that we have a key code giveaway thread well i mean sort of to to reminisce just a little bit the way i actually got into the forums in the first place is i was looking at mirror's edge and i saw that mock turtle had a key up for grabs and i sort of very cheekily you wouldn't get away with this at the moment because people are a bit more jaded about it i cheekily made an account or i'd had one for a while and been lurking i can't quite remember um, and dropped him a message. Um, he just said, yeah, absolutely, have it. And that was like my first proper PC game because that's when I got something that could actually run anything and wasn't a potato. But in terms of bad experiences, I've got two and a half ones. So um, the two full ones are After Fall Insanity Extended Edition, which is like Gears of War if it was made on a lunch money budget. it's just not good I I don't really know what else to say it's just not good Um, everything sort of runs semi-competently but there's no reason to play it at all and the other one was Rock of Ages which a lot of people seem to enjoy I just couldn't get my head around it I think it was more the tower defense I I just I went not that much ago through Rock of Ages and yeah it's very difficult to actually kind of have an strategy and a strategy like I'm going to put the walls here and the ball is gonna stop and it was kind of too unpredictable. Yeah, and I, I yeah. suppose some people might enjoy that, but I it just didn't really do anything for me. Um and the half ones Burnout Paradise, which again a lot of people seem to really, really like. And I thought I would like it because I love Burnout Burnout 3 that I've been playing for a long time on the PS2 um, and I 100%ed Burnout Legends on the PSP loved it on there but Paradise I don't know whether it was the open world I don't know whether everything felt a bit slower I don't know whether I didn't like focus um, it was probably mostly the open world thinking of, but it just didn't click for me which is a shame um, yeah cool well, I definitely think that Dave wins with the Shrek game. <laughs> I 100% agree. Um, I, I feel like I've got a bit of ligma just what 
shut up. Shut your stupid mouth. No. All right. You know, only the Sugondis people get that joke anyway, so it's... Ah! (laughs) (laughs) Banned. Banned from life. You can't do anything about it. You're dead. That's very true. Yeah. All right. So, uh... To bring this to a close, uh, we are... I would like to remind you once again, you are still in a dark corridor. The flames of my body have now all died out. There's maybe like a faint glow from my ectoplasm hovering in the air. There is still a door to the north and a door to the south. What do you do? Man, if this is the afterlife, I don't know if I want... You guys are alive. I'm (laughs) dead. Can we, like, join you? Is the fire still going? Um, there is just enough fire that you could kindle a new fire. Okay, so I'm going to kindle fire, use fire on self. Okay, you are now burning to death. (laughs) Yay! Alright. I will travel east, because I think that you said the exit is that way. You go east and you walk into a wall, because the only exits are north and south. I will go south. (laughs) You go south, and you fall into a pit of spikes and die. Oh, there we go. Dave, you're the only one left. Okay, I run north. All right. You run north. You're running, you're running, you're running. You turn a corner, and you see just a faint glimmer of light. You follow the light, and you emerge from the cave into a new day. You have a new lease on life. You feel warmth from the sun glowing under your skin. You feel happy and optimistic about your future. You are the only one to survive, and you will carry on the legacy. Everybody applaud for Dave. The guest host is the one that's going to carry the legacy. Yeah, actually, uh, Dave, you can post this as a completion on how long to beat. It only took yeah, you... It was like five minutes, huh? <laughs> well... Typically like two hours. Yeah, we're counting the whole episode. Ah. So... Yeah, the narrating shit. But hey, next time you participate in the experience, you can just go north straight from the start and immediately win. So, uh, yeah, just, just keep that in mind. Um, as for the rest of us, we are failures, and we should feel disappointed in ourselves. The nah. end. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for being here, Dave. Uh, we really appreciate talking to you. It's been a great time. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Um, to all the listeners, uh, we are still looking for more guest hosts. Um, haven't heard from anybody else yet. So if you are interested in coming on and chatting with us, we'd love to have you. Um, not sure yet when the next episode will be recorded. We'll have to talk about that after we close this one out. We'll probably put it up on the forums when we post this episode. Uh, but thanks for continuing to listen to us. Um, we really appreciate your listenership. Uh, any other announcements anybody wants to make? Uh, Deadbolt is still on sale <laughs> if you're interested. <laughs> thought I'd clarify. I might just buy Deadbolt, just for you, Rick. That would be the best Christmas present ever. 
<laughs> Very early Christmas present. Is it? Well, it's getting there. I mean, restaurants are taking bookings now, so... <laughs> Can we at least get through Halloween or something? <laughs> Halloween is just like the pretend metal. <laughs> Uh, and we can have Babsy 3D for Halloween. Oh my! <laughs> we should G- game of the month. Like, given when this is coming out, actually, before we go, if we talk about our creature trip, oh no, because it's no. not yet. We still have September to go. But yeah. if anybody wants to throw out what they're thinking about nominating for September, uh, well, I'll tell you because I'm planning to nominate, and I think you've already played this. You've edged Soma. Oh yeah, it's so good. That's the yeah, like I like uh, that up. That's like underwater robot game, right? Yeah, yeah something like that. Okay. Um, and it, to be fair, it was Uveg's, I mean Dave's, sorry, glowing <laughs> um, that sort of got me to take the plunge and, and buy it for more than I ordinarily Um Also, the fact that it's sort of taking up a good 20 gig space on my hard drive is pushing me to to move it up on my list of things that I need to play ASAP. Um, and it does look really, really good. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks great. It's, I'd say that it works best as a working simulator. It, ha- it has a save mode. But that's oh, more if you about... turn off the combat. Yeah, because okay. I thought that the combat was more of a hassle and not really fun or scary. Okay. Well, I might take you because off Because if, if you if you get hit... You start seeing everything like blurry and the cam- and the camera shakes and that's until you find a hidden spot and that's maybe ten minutes where the camera just moves too much. There everything's blurry. It makes my eyes hurt. Oh, fair enough. But to each his own. So maybe <laughs> Are you able your, your mileage may vary. Are you able what? to switch on mid game? So I might try it with the combat so I get flavor and then maybe switch it off midway. I think you can't switch save mode, but you could activate the developer, the developer console and turn god mode that does the same thing. The enemies just don't go after you. Ah, fair enough. Which is what I did. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it works the same way as save mode. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, uh... I'm just thinking about things that I'm planning on playing next month. Um, maybe you guys can help me pick. So uh, one of them, I'm planning on renting Yakuza Kiwami 2, which comes out in just a couple of days. Um, it's, you know, a remake of Yakuza 2. Uh, okay. I hesitate to nominate that because as we talked about in our episode about this, uh, it'll, you know, literally have just come out by the time September starts, so people might not be able to access it as easily. Although, um, if you nominated the Yakuza series, I suspect you'd get a lot of support for that. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, the Yakuza series has uh, gotten a pretty good voting response previously, but I mean, there's so many games at this point that just saying, hey, let's play the Yakuza series... Uh, people are going to be playing totally different things. There are going to be people playing six, people playing zero, people playing the first Kiwami, people playing the second Kiwami. So I don't know if mm. that'll lead to a great conversation. Um, okay. I mean, if you've not got anything in mind now, you don't have to commit. Like... Yeah. The other thing that I'm pretty sure I'm planning on playing is uh, Okage Shadow King. 
because I think we talked about that in a previous episode and it got me interested in picking it back up. But I don't know if people really have that anymore. So I don't know. On, what, I'll think is about that it. PS2 one? Yeah, it's PS2. Oh, you can emulate that. Like, yeah, on, probably. You on a, especially because the game doesn't look all that intense on low to like medium to better. Shit, motherfucking Christ. <laughs> hey. Um. All right. So while we're in kind of a lull, let's get through. I mean, if Toast and Dave have suggestions, let's get through them pretty quickly because I do have to eat dinner and get out of here pretty soon. Yeah, and someone just showed up on my 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 uh knocking on my window, so Yay. throwing pebbles because they're they're a child and they <laughs> should get a life. So, do you guys know what you are thinking about nominating? Um, I'm going to probably I'm I'm going to be very not busy September. Well, I am planning a trip, but uh, I might just nominate Monster Hunter. Maybe? Okay. I don't know. I'm not really sure what I'm going to be playing because I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. Yet. Okay. Well, Monster Hunter seems a pretty safe one. Yeah. People seem to be into that. Dave. And I don't want to recommend something that I'm not even going to play because that's an asshole thing to do. <laughs> All right, yeah. Dave. Do you have anything you're so, thinking about nominating? Yeah. I'd probably be playing also Monster Hunter. But another game that I'm maybe going to be playing also is Jalopy. I don't know really how to pronounce it, but... Oh, Jalopy. It's, yeah, Jalopy. Or Jalopy. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a um, road trip simulator from... Like, you are doing a road trip, uh, a road trip uh, um, in a former Soviet Union. I mean, huh. a for, for, former Soviet Republic. So it's kind of in a really bad, sh- the card is in a really bad shape. So you are kind of swapping the parts for other parts that you find along the way. And it's, I haven't played it yet, but it looks kind of interesting. And I've been meaning to get around to it. Yeah. Yeah, never I've even heard of it, but it sounds well, interesting. So I'd probably jump in. So, uh, and it's probably quite cheap because it was in India and it's been out for a couple of years. Yeah, and it was in the Humble Monthly. A couple of months ago. Oh, okay. So quite a few people have it that way as well. Yeah. Ah, there we go. Cool. All right. So, uh, again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Dave, for being here. And, you know, I don't say thanks enough to you guys, but thanks, Rick. And thank you, Toast. You guys are great yeah. co-hosts. I really appreciate and you, you being you. here. Oh. And I, for- I forgive you for your lack of preparation. <laughs> and I forgive you for liking <laughs> Hotel Dusk. Hey. You don't ruin the very nice thing you just <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening and tune in for the next episode whenever it may be. Bye. <laughs> Beep, <laughs>